us how to live, Lord God, a life that honors you. In your precious name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, well, we're in our Transformed series. I love that uh, introduction video, particularly one thing that it said. It said, God loves you how you are, but he loves you too much to leave you how, you how you are. And really, that's the heart behind a series like this, is that God has so much more for you, that despite where you're at right now, whether you're in a good place or a not so good place, there's always more for you in Jesus. And I, and I love that. And really the whole transformation journey starts with something that I'm going to be talking about tonight uh, called being born again. Being born again. Last year I got to uh, do my term in obstetrics, which was really cool, uh, watching a whole bunch of little babies be born. It was frightening at the same time. Um, but it was awesome. And I remember the moment, actually the first time I saw a baby born, uh, and I was standing there with the dad. I don't know how I was holding the mum's hand. I think the dad was in the corner from memory, like a bit worried. I'm standing there. It's my first time in there. The mum's like holding on for dear life. My hands are stress ball. It's just, it's a wild scene, right? But it was, it was funny because when, when the child was born, I looked up at the dad and we're both crying, like me and the dad. And I'm the medical student, like I'm meant to be professional and standing there. But it was, it was cool. The other thing, if you're ever going to... Um, catch a baby uh, coming out. I'm just warning you that they're extremely slippery. And, uh, <laughs> we're getting gruesome tonight. I, no joke, I, I may, like, I'm very thankful for midwives because she was backing me up. You know, like in cricket, how you have the slips? Like, I'd, <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I could feel the baby slipping through my hands and I'm so thankful that the midwife was right next to me uh, holding my hands. Anyway, we're not talking about a natural birth tonight. We're talking about a supernatural birth. Uh, but John 3, 3 to 6, I've derailed already, uh, says this. It says, Jesus replied, he's talking to a religious leader. He says, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he goes, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, this leader. He said, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replies, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Being born again is not a natural process. That's why uh, Nicodemus in his beautiful natural mind uh, asked very confused, well, I can't go back in there to be born again. And Jesus says, no, 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 it's not, a, it's not a natural birth, it's a supernatural one. And anyone here who has been born again or put their faith in Jesus would realize that as well, that in that moment, something supernatural happens. You can't explain it. Some people feel an overwhelming sense of peace. Some people, a purpose comes on the inside of them. The other morning, we heard a testimony of a gentleman in our church who, in that moment of being born again, thought he was going to receive the judgment of God, and instead, he just received so much joy. And that's for everyone, it's slightly different, but there'll be a moment in your life that when you say yes to Jesus, a supernatural thing takes place and you get born again on the inside. The Bible says that we're three part beings. We're spirit, soul, and body. We all have a soul, our mind, our will, and emotions. We have a physical body, but the spiritual part is the one that we're born with, cut off from God. It's dead on the inside because we're born into sin, the Bible says. But in that moment where Jesus comes and takes our sin away as we put our faith in him, we become born again. I love it. It says in Titus 3, 5, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but, our, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, new life through the Holy Spirit. 
and that is the miracle of salvation, that we become in that moment like spiritual babies. And that's where the whole transformation progress or process begins, should I say. A scripture that I, I love, it's in 1 Peter 2, 2-3, to and it uh, may come up behind me. It says, like newborn babies, you must crave the spiritual milk. You must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you've tasted of the Lord's kindness. Something in there that caught my eye was full experience of salvation. You can't have the full of something if you can't have parts of it, if that makes sense. Where to, what it tells me in that moment is that despite receiving salvation, forgiveness of sins, going to heaven, being washed clean, there are some people that will never experience the fullness of what that actually means. And what that's like is, Pastor John gave this beautiful analogy this morning. It's like thinking that salvation is just a ticket to heaven, but not, not realizing that within that ticket is like an all-inclusive package into so many other things that it's more than just a ticket where you get on and you get off in heaven. But God has so much more to give you in that moment, that there is a full experience of salvation. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about a few things that happen when we, are, when we give our life to God. These are just a few things, and then I'm going to speak about two. We become children of God in that moment, sons and daughters. We become a new creation we become a citizen of heaven. We become part of Christ's body. We gain access to the presence of God. We become alive in Christ. We become a temple of the Holy Spirit. We become married to Jesus. We become transferred from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. And we become seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we get authority over the enemy and so many more. So if you just see it as a ticket to heaven, you can potentially miss out on all of those. And that's why it's so vital to understand that when you give your life to Jesus, there's so much more than just the forgiveness of sins. One of those things I want to talk about tonight that happens is that you become a citizen of heaven. In Philippians 3.20, it says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we eagerly are waiting for him to return as our savior. In 1 Peter 2.11, it says, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners here on earth to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. You see, when we become born again, we get transferred out of being citizens of, of our carnal nature, citizens of the world, so to speak. Yes, I'm a citizen of Australia, but more than that, I'm a citizen of heaven. And the reason that that's so important for us to grasp is because when you know where you're from, you live under a different government, if that makes sense, different rules. I do obey the law of Australia, obviously. However, I obey in my heart a different law, the law of heaven. What that means is that the things that are important in heaven are important to me here now on earth. That looks like something which is really cool. It means that rather than being trapped down here in fear of, of lack, fear of sickness, fear of health, fear of dying, fear of not having enough, you can be permanently a citizen of heaven where you're in joy, where you're in peace, when you have assurance of your soul and salvation, where the, the worldly craziness doesn't have an effect on your heart. In other words, the world can be going absolutely mental, but because you know where you're from and you know where you're going, it doesn't have to have such an effect on your life. I gave this analogy the other week. I was jogging and um, running down a really busy road, super noisy, crazy windy, and I looked up and for ages I was watching it as I was jogging, but there's just this eagle. 
And it was like massive, so elegant. And it was, you could see that it wasn't even flapping. Like it's, it's wings, have you guys ever seen one? It's, it's wild, like when you see a big eagle, it's, it's some, something to look at, but it's, it's wings are spread and it's just floating up there. And I'm down here puffing away, wind's crazy, it's noisy with all the cars and all that. And I look up there and the thing that just fascinated me about the eagle was that no matter what was going on down here, it didn't change anything up there with him. The eagle was just chilling, flying around. And when I looked at that, I realized that that's such a picture of what we can be like if we truly understand what it means to be born again. It's like Paul says, I say it often, that he sounds like a lunatic when he says, I, I'm not sure what I should do. I don't know if I should keep living this life, striving for you guys, because I know that there's going to be fruit in my labor for you. Or I don't know if it would be better for me if I die. And you read that and you're like, what the heck? Like who the hell would say that, they kind of are trying to weigh up what's the better option out of living or dying. He seems like a nutcase. But the reason he can say that is because he knows that he's a temporary resident here. And he knows that the place that he's going and his citizenship is in is a better place. But he knows that he has work to do here. And so he's caught in this limbo land. But the beautiful thing is, that's why people like Paul, Peter, James, John, these guys that went through immense trials could sit in places like prison and just worship God because they knew where they were from and they knew where they were going. And so I want to encourage us tonight that if you're born again, that means you're a citizen of heaven. That means you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means that no matter how crazy political and nuts the world gets, your peace doesn't have to shift. Your joy doesn't have to shift. Your heart doesn't have to shift. Every day you can wake up and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm so excited to spend the day with you no matter what happens. And you can be like that eagle flying high. The next one I want to speak about, and I'm going to land here for a while because uh, it's so important that we understand this when we get born again, and that that's we receive a new nature. Like we become brand new. Christianity is not about taking a bad person or a good person and making them better. It's about taking someone who was dead and making them alive, taking someone and making them literally brand new. That means no matter what you've done to come in here today, no matter what your background is, no matter what your past experiences are, if you give your life to Jesus, you have a clean slate and a brand new start and you get a new nature. Ephesians 4, 21 to 24 says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I love it. <laughs> put on your new nature to be like God. You see, the Bible doesn't put something like in that in there if God's saying that that's impossible and you can't achieve it. When I grew up, I've shared my testimony many times from here. I grew up in church, so it's like mentally I knew what I should and shouldn't be doing. But because I hadn't fully surrendered my life to God and because I didn't actually understand what it means to have a new nature, I kept trying to, honestly, really similar to Terry who shared her story before, I kept trying to do things that I thought that I knew were right in my own strength. I tried to do them in my old nature. And then what would happen is I would end up stuffing up and I'd end up making mistakes and then I would beat myself up and I'd feel guilty and I'd feel shameful. And then rather than that leading me to God, it would lead me further. It got to the point where I honestly many times just 
gave up trying to live a good life. By the age of 14, I had a strong addiction to pornography. By the time I was 18, I was coming to church on Sunday, but on Saturday night, I was taking party drugs. When I was in my 20s, I was like, maybe if I get more money and chase an education, then I'm going to be happy and then I'm going to please God. But that didn't do it either. And it was because this, I didn't understand that I was made brand new. See, I was trying to live godly without God. I, a shock that does not work. You cannot do it. None of, us, none of us are good enough to live like God, hence why Jesus had to come. And so when I finally came to the point of surrendering my life to God, and when the reality hit me as I read my Bible that I am brand new in Christ, suddenly a grace, and we're going to talk about how that happens, came into my life. And suddenly I could actually live out the decisions that I wanted to make. Rather than being like, I do not want to watch porn and then I stuff up again. This time I'm like, that's not going to happen. And it never did. And I'm telling you, my friends, you can have any addiction in this place tonight and in one moment it can leave forever. I'm telling you, on that day, I got prayer. I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I have never watched a thing again. And it's not because I'm awesome. It's because I understand that Jesus made me new. He filled me with his Holy Spirit. And because of that, I can do what he said to do. I once heard it said that if you're waiting till you die to be free from sin, then you've made sin your savior and not Jesus. I'm not saying that we're never going to make mistakes. And I'm not saying you're going to just live a perfect life, but the repetitive enslavement of sin that controlled our former nature, when you give your heart to Jesus, that dies and you become brand new. It says in Hebrews 10, 16, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. It's like I said before, you don't have to try harder to be good. When you fully yield your life to Jesus Christ, He gives you a new heart and a new mind. In other words, He changes the way you think. He changes your desires. He changes you. You don't have to strive to be a better person. I've heard it said like this, that when you give your heart to Jesus, you receive His DNA. And His DNA starts to play out in your actions, starts to play out in your thinking, starts to play out in the way that you live your life. It is a completely supernatural thing. It says in 1 John 3, 5 to 9, I love this passage, it's a bit long, so bear with me. You guys having fun? I hope you're having fun. I'm having fun. I love you guys. Jesus is he's awesome. Um, 1 John 3, 5 to 9 says, And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin at all. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not understand who Jesus is. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they're righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who's been sinning from the beginning. But the, God, but the Son of God, I love this, came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep sinning because they're children of God. Like I said, it's a supernatural thing. In our own strength, none of us can stop sinning. None of us can break free. But when we receive Jesus Christ, we get a whole new nature. In that moment when I received prayer and walked away, I realized that if I just gave everything to Jesus every single day, I could overcome all the things that used to 
once bind me. It says this in 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4. I'm giving you guys a lot of scripture tonight. I love the Bible, but it says it better than I do. So I'm going I'm to read it. It says, by his divine power. This is, I'm going to read it in a second. This is, <laughs> this is so important to get because it's all good and well for me to say, hey, if you're born again and in, live in Christ, sin doesn't have a hold over you, but you say, yeah, but how? This is the how. And so it's important. I want you guys really to listen. This is the, this is the how to live that out. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And here's how he does it. We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us his great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you, here it is, to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruptions caused by evil desires. There's two parts in there where it tells us how we participate in the divine nature of God. In other words, there's two ways in there that God tells us how we can actually live out the life He's called us to live. And the first one of those is one of my favorites. It's by simply coming to know Him. Coming to know Him. So often in the Bible it says, uh, come to me, Jesus says. He gives this example in John 15 about how Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And I love that analogy because every day when I pray, I just tell God, I'm like, Lord, I'm a branch and on my own cut off from you, I die and I don't produce any fruit. But I come to you right now and I cling to you with all my heart. God, I give you my life. Every day I give him my life because I'm reattaching that branch to the vine because I understand that on my own, I cannot produce any good fruit. But clinging to Jesus with everything I've got, a flow comes. Who knows that the branch attached to the vine doesn't have to strive to produce fruit. It's not about our human efforts. But as we cling to him, the flow of the Holy Spirit comes through that vine and comes into us. And suddenly all the fruit of the Holy Spirit just begin to manifest in our life. We begin to become joyful. We begin to become self-controlled. We begin to be filled with peace. We begin to overcome our old nature, not because of our human effort, but because we hold to Jesus and through him we can do all things. I love this. 1 Peter 1, 13 to 15. I love how it says it. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. So there's some involvement on our behalf. We prepare our minds for action, being sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The reason I read that scripture to you is that bit, the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whenever you see the word grace in the Bible, it means many things, but I want you guys to remember, this is some homework. Every time you read grace, translate that word in the same sentence for the word empowerment, because that is what grace means. By grace, we've been saved. We, by God's empowerment, we've been saved. This scripture says that the way that we get grace is through the revelation of Jesus Christ. So in other words, when I sit there and I read my Bible and I begin to discover who Jesus is and I begin to talk to him and he begins to enter my heart and something begins to change, what happens is a grace comes, an empowerment comes so that I can fulfill what he's asked me to do. Does that make sense? And the second one is through his promise, which is his word. That part in Peter said, these are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature. His promises are his word. My friends, if we don't read our Bibles, we are sitting ducks. Sitting ducks. And I don't say that to pressure anyone into reading the Bible. I read my Bible every day because I need it. 
I need it. Through his great and precious promises, we participate in his divine nature. The Bible says that uh, by, by the hearing and hearing by the word of God, faith comes. Faith comes. It goes on to say in 1 John, for this is love for God that we keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. That's you and I. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So if faith in us is what overcomes our old nature, and the way that we get faith is by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, we must read our Bibles. I do it every day because I need it. Not only is it the way that I come to know who Jesus is, but it's the only way that I survive. My friends, I, I love reading the Word of God, because every day when I do it, grace fills my heart, faith enters me, and suddenly I leave my prayer room in the morning different, and I realize that everything God's asking me to do because He lives in me, and I'm attached to the vine, I can actually leave my prayer closet and live out those things. My friends, we, we need to cling to Jesus. We need to know Him, and we need to seek Him. I want to read one scripture uh, maybe a couple more, actually. I love this in 1 John 2.14. It says, I used to declare this over my life as a, a young guy all the time. I've written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your heart and you have overcome your battle with the wicked one. God's word lives in your heart and you've overcome the battle. My friends, if God's word doesn't live in your heart, like I said, we're sitting ducks. We need God's word in our heart. We need to seek Him. If we want to fully live out the born-again experience and we want to live out the divine nature of God in our life, we have to get His Word in us. I want to read one more scripture because I've talked a lot about overcoming sin and you might be sitting in this place tonight and thinking, man, like I did every Sunday when I came in after being hungover and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, I would sit here just filled with shame and guilt. And I wish in that moment I'd given my heart to Jesus earlier, but for years I did that. But I want to read this scripture because it's, it's such a beautiful picture of Jesus. In 1 John 2, 1 to 2, it says, My dear children, I'm writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the appropriation for our sins. And not only for ours, but the sins of the whole world. It goes on to say in Romans 8, 1 to 2, now therefore there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. My friends, today it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter whether sin has bound you. Today you can get completely free. Today you can be completely new. I want you to know that no matter what mistakes you've made, you have Jesus Christ, the righteous one, sitting in heaven, telling the Father, hey, he's fine. I have him. He's mine. My blood covers him. You know, when Jesus, when God the Father looks at you, he doesn't see any of the mistakes you've made. If you're born again, he looks at you through the filter of the blood of Jesus Christ. And when he looks through that filter, it's like the ultimate Insta filter. Right? It doesn't just get rid of all the wrinkles and put a bit of makeup on you. Right? It completely transforms you. He looks at you and he sees you as spotless, not a speck, not a blemish, pure. And I just want to encourage you that no matter what you've done in this place today, Jesus Christ can redeem you. Jesus Christ can totally set you free. And 
in closing, I, I really felt as I was praying this week that there would be people in this place like me uh, many years ago where you kind of believe that lie that no matter what you do, you're always going to have this problem. Maybe it is uh, an addiction to pornography. Maybe it is smoking addiction, drugs. Maybe it's not even addiction. Maybe it's just a mindset that you have about yourself. But you just feel like, hey, God, I've just stuffed up so many times in this area. It's not going to be something that I'm ever free from until I'm in heaven. I want to tell you today that you can be completely and totally set free. In one moment, something that I struggled with for six, seven, eight years left me in a second despite trying for years and years and years. And so I want to encourage you today that the same Holy Spirit that set me free is here today and can do the same for you. So can we just close our eyes for a second? Really, this moment has nothing to do with the person uh, next to you, nothing to do with anyone else, but just between you and God, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what has kept you bound. I don't know what has locked you up. I don't know what's kept you from the love of God, but I, I, I feel in this place today that God is gonna break some shackles off people. And so I just really wanna pray with you here today. If you've believed that lie that this is just something that I'm gonna have to live with, that this is just a sin that I can't seem to shake, I want you just to be really bold in a second with every eye closed and, and just pop up your hand. Actually, just do it right now. If that's you, simply pop up your hand. We're going to pray together. Awesome. Heaps of hands. Come on. Guys, you've got to reach out to Jesus. This, now is the time to deal with this. Not when you're standing before Him in heaven and He's saying, I had so much more for you. Now is the time to get free. Now is the time to break loose. So with every eye closed, I just want you, if that's you, just acknowledge Jesus. Say, Lord, I want this thing gone tonight. I want this thing dead. Amazing. If you had your hand, keep your eyes closed, everyone. If you had your hand up, I just want you to open your hands. We're all going to pray this prayer because I, I just want to respect those that have put up their hands. Just pray this prayer after me, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry for believing the lie that I would always have to deal with this thing. I repent for believing the devil. I come into agreement with your word that says that I can be completely free. I give everything to you tonight. Set me free now. In Jesus' name. Just keep your eyes closed, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I take authority right now over every spirit of bondage, over every spirit of lust, perversion, every spirit of anger, every spirit of addiction. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command every demonic spirit to leave now in Jesus' name. I command every spirit of addiction to go in Jesus' name. I command every spirit that has bound people now to leave in Jesus' name. I, Lord, I just pray right now, come fill every person who has reached out to you tonight, Lord God. You said that he who the Son said, 
that's free is free indeed. So Father, I command every demonic spirit, you must go in Jesus' name. You must leave them now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that every place that these spirits have left, that you would fill in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would come and fill every place in every person's heart, that there would be no dark secret corner that your love, your light would shine into every reach of their heart tonight. Father, that they would leave completely different tonight. Come Holy Spirit. Jesus, I pray that their Monday would be different to every other Monday. That from this point forward, Lord, that they would know that they never have to go back to those things. And that through you, they can be free forever. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen, Amen.